Good morning, everybody. This is Zach Headed again. I'm your host, Zach Cooley, and I am thrilled and honored to have with me on the phone Mr. Pete Lentz of Charlotte. He is the front man of a Charlotte-based Genesis tribute band. Mr. Pete Lentz, thank you so much for being with me. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm very excited. Well, I'm I'm very honored to have had the chance to meet you and especially to see you perform. Um, as I said in the article, I had no idea that there were Genesis tribute bands anywhere near me. So it was like when you all came to Saltville, it was like you all came to play just for us. And, and it was... And it was very, very special. You don't know what it meant to us. But first of all, how does a group of guys from Charlotte decide? Because Genesis has a very big fan base, but Genesis fans are 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 very, you know, we're we're in a very specific category. So how how do, how, how so how do musicians come together and say, okay, we're going to do a Genesis tribute band? Because that's not an easy thing to undertake. Well, uh, about six years ago, um, a musician here in town by the name of Chris Stankiewicz, mm-hmm. um, uh, he was looking to put together a Genesis tribute band. He just he loved the music and <clears throat> loved what... Um, you know, I'd always been a fan of Genesis, and so he'd been looking around for uh, for musicians. And the way he tells the story, he actually was at a uh, at a local show and saw a guy playing. I believe he was playing saxophone, but had a look very similar to Phil Collins. And he asked that guy, "Hey, do you you know do you sing? Do you want to be in a Genesis tribute band?" And the guy said, no, but I know the guy that you need to call. And it turns out this guy was a longtime friend of mine by the name of Jeremy Adams. Uh, he, had, uh, uh, he had worked with me at uh, Howl at the Moon. I'm originally a doing piano player. So I worked at Howl at the Moon for many years. And uh, he worked there with us playing saxophone. Eventually started playing bass and everything and, and became, uh, became a local musician favorite in his own right. And then uh, uh, Cliff had asked him if he wanted to do it. He said, no, but I know who he could call. He gave him a lineup. So I got, uh, I got a call out of the blue from Cliff, who I'd never met before. It said that he was wanting to start a uh, Genesis tribute band. And I said, uh, or he had asked, he apparently was told that I played keys, played keyboard. And uh, he wanted me to play keyboards and a Genesis tribute band. And I was like, oh, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very apprehensive at first because Tony Banks, as you know, is an incredible keyboard player. And yes. I, I'm kind of what they would call a glorified hack. I know a lot of songs and can play a lot of requests and things, but there's, you know, I was never formally taught how to play piano. So there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of technique I'm I personally am just not familiar with. Mm-hmm. But I 
you know, I tried it out. And, you know, sure, I'll come play keyboards for you. And uh, I'll see what I can do about learning some stuff. I already knew some Genesis songs. I'm like, okay, we'll see if I can hang. Um, it became very apparent that I could not hang. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I was playing a show, a solo show, at a, uh, a local bar that's actually sadly not there anymore called Titan's Tavern here in, here in uh, Monroe, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, he came to the show. And, uh, and I played, uh, I think I played like That's All and uh, Turn It On Again, which I knew really well on the piano. And he approached me afterwards. He was like, man, you, you know, you're really good at keyboards, but you've got a great voice too. Um, but we have a lead singer that's going to come in and sing. If you, you know, we play keyboards and sing harmonies and stuff. I'm like, all right. So I showed up to the rehearsal and he had already found a guitar player and a, and a drummer, a guitar player by the name of Ryan Richard and uh, a, um, a drummer uh, named Jefferson Memory. And uh, I was originally playing keyboards in the band. And uh, unfortunately, the lead singer that he had that he had picked for the band couldn't be there. So I sung the songs that we were going to, that we were going to rehearse just to like get the band through um, the rehearsal. Uh, this story actually kind of parallels how Phil Collins ended up singing for Genesis anyway. Yes. That's what I was going to say. No, they auditioned so many people and then, and then, but nobody could do it like he did. So they just said, well, why don't you just go ahead and do it? So that sounds like that's how you got it. And he said, and Phil Collins said, but who's going to play drums? Right. And they said, well, we'll just get somebody. Enter Chester Thompson. Right. And, um, and so that's kind of what happened with us. Um, when, you know, when it, when it kind of became clear, it was like, well, I mean, I should just sing this stuff, but if we're going to be a Genesis, I can't front this from the keys. You know, and eventually you're going to want to play things like Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and, 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 and Turk Assist and Cinema Show and stuff like that. Like, I can't, I cannot play these, I can't play these parts anyway. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly can't play them and sing them. Why don't we hire another keyboard player? And I'll just come out front and sing. Uh, that was agreeable. So, they started looking for keyboard players and I said, well, I think I've got a guy. I think I, I think I know a guy. So, uh, I went and had a meeting with Patrick Raymaker, who is the, who became the keyboardist for Abercam. Uh, he and I had played together at Howl the Moon and known each other for a long time. I knew he was very into, uh, prog rock and into Genesis and stuff. So it wasn't a hard sell. You know, hey, do you want to learn these parts? You know, you know, I know that you can. I know you can read music. I know, you know, you have, you know, he went to Berkeley, so he's very studied in musical theory and composition. And and, uh, and so uh, we had him come on, and that was that. And I, I went out front and started singing and, and instead of playing keys and Pat took over the keyboard duties, and then we were five. And then... Uh, you know, then we, we started playing shows. We started playing shows at like, uh, Amos's here in Charlotte and, and, uh, uh, there's a place called DJ's Dugout up in Salisbury. And we were just kind of playing around trying to get the, 
you know, trying to get the word out. And um, we've had some lineup changes since then. Uh, uh, we have a new drummer by the name of Matthew Hedrick, and we got a new guitar player named James Nelson, and that actually formatted the uh, the lineup that we have right now. It's me, Cliff, uh, James, Matt, and Pat, and mm-hmm. that's the that's the lineup as it stands right now. And so that's how we that's kind of the short form of how we started playing Genesis music. But you also play the drums, so how did you get to that? Because you and Matt do some well, some drum duets. Uh, so, you know, we'd always been tossing around, man, you know, it'd be awesome if, you know, Cliff had mentioned that in rehearsal one time. It'd be awesome if you play drums, you could do the double drums. And I'm like, well, you know, I actually do play drums. Because I had say, you know, I had, I've always had natural rhythm, but I really sort of play on the drums a lot when I work at Howl the Moon. And Howl the Moon is a is a dueling piano bar where all the people who play piano and sing and take requests, they also want you to be a multi-instrumentalist. They like, you know, like some of the players to learn guitar and want some of the players to learn bass, drums, so that on every hour changeover, the show lasts for about six hours at Halton, and uh, every hour changeover when the, when the other piano team comes up to take over and give the first team a break, there's what they call a four-way where all four players that are working that night take on different instruments and do certain songs as a band. Things like Pour Some Sugar On Me, Death Lover, sounds better as a band that have a piano song. Right. Or uh, Sweet Child of Mine. You know, these big, these big moments that would be four ways. So I started learning how to play bass guitar for that stuff. And I, I had eventually sat back at the drums and got really, really good at the drums. It's like, oh yeah, so... You know, if we're going to do a changeover, you should probably put me on drums instead of bass because I'm better at drums. So, night after night after night at Half the Moon, I spent time behind the kit. And eventually, I just, I got to the point where I can say, I'm a drummer now. <laughs> you know, I can, I can play drums. I did that for like six years. And, um, and so when Cliff asked, I told him, I said, uh, you know, I can play drums. And he's like, wow, we just got to get you a drum set. And I'm like, I do not have the money for a drum set. <laughs> so we just didn't do that for a long time. Well, then when Matt came into the band, well, Matt owns like five drum kits. And he was like, well, why don't we just bring one for you and set it up and see how it goes. And that was that. Because once I got back behind the kit, it was like, oh, yeah, this is, we're going to do this from now on because this is super cool. And then... Matt and I started having rehearsals away from band rehearsals. Like we got band rehearsals where, you know, all five of us get together and run songs, but then Matt and I would also have drum rehearsals where we would go through certain parts of songs and just kind of, you know, kind of woodshed uh, specific points so that we were doing, uh, you know, we were doing certain drum passes together because that looks impressive from the, from the, from the audience, like when you see two drummers doing something exactly in sync and it's all lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you've so seen a, and you've seen videos of Phil and Chester doing the same things in hotel rooms before before the oh, tour, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that Matt and I still do to this day. Actually, you know, every time when we'll pick up um, when we wanted to pick up the classic drum duet from uh, I think it's from the, the I think it's from Three Side Flies. Maybe 
don't know. Everybody keeps telling me things with some three sides. Like it's not really an album that I listen to a lot. So, you know, the conversation between two stools from when in Rome, I think it's just brilliant. Uh, I don't know if you've seen I've not that. seen that. I've not, I've not seen that, actually. It's, it's from... That's the uh, documentary, the yeah. documentary video when they did the, the show in 2007. Exactly. Think, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do 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 check that out. It is brilliant. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, check that out. Yeah, but anyway, we, we did not, because of the logistics of the festival, we did not get to see that in Saltville, and that's the one thing that that I would have liked to have seen, because um, I, I kept yeah. Unfortunately, I, there was there were certain aspects of certain aspects of our show that we couldn't do because yeah. it was a, uh, and that was and that was by choice. That 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 was not something that the I want to make clear that was not something okay. that the promoters of Saltville told us to do. Okay. We chose to do that because we've been to, you know, it, it, all of us in the band, you know, we've performed these functions in other bands. You know, we've done festivals with other bands or, or things like that in other bands, like not just Abacab, but like, you know, some of the members of our fans are in other, are in other projects as well. Right. We're, all, we're all familiar with how a festival works. Right. And when you've got one stage and three bands that are going to play and you're the middle band, you have got to make sure your changeovers are fast. Right. And the only way to make sure our changeovers were fast was to parse down all the equipment that we were that we're able to have on stage. So we chose a set list that didn't require me to play uh, any secondary drum kit, which that's not hard. I mean, you know, especially with the we also wanted to keep it more on the pop uh, on the pop side of Genesis. You notice that in that show that you saw, we didn't hit people with Cinema Show or Perk of Fifth or Suckers Ready. We didn't do that stuff. We did the, you know, the more popular Genesis because at a show like that, you get, you know, you get a lot of, a lot of people that may have varying degrees of fandom or yeah. may not be fans at all. You know, there's a lot of people out right. there who just think that those Genesis tunes are Phil Collins tunes. Right. You know, oh, she just knows me. That's a great Phil Collins tune. Well, it's actually a Genesis song, right. a Genesis record. But, you know, Phil Collins had such a, such a uh, dynamic and awesome solo career that many people just think that when they hear Phil Collins, well, that's just Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. They, never, they don't think, oh, well, that's Genesis. That's on a Genesis record. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we know that. We're not fools. So, like, you know, we kind of play into that. That's why you'll hear, you know, we do some of Phil Collins' solo stuff, too. That's why we do, like, I Don't Care Anymore. We do In the Air Tonight. We do I Wish It Would Rain Down, you know, Stuff like that because those are Phil Collins, those are Phil Collins songs. But we'll mix them in with like, you know, that's all and Jesus He Knows Me and Invisible Touch. And a lot of people who aren't big fans are not the wiser. You know, they just right. they just are like, oh man, we saw this great Phil Collins tribute, and it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever. You're coming to the show and you're enjoying it. That's, that's really all I care about. I thought. I'm not going to gatekeep the fandom by saying, well, actually, it's Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Know, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't want to do that to the audience. I just want them to have a good time. You know, but back to the, sorry, back to the, the changeovers. Yeah. In order to facilitate a, a changeover going really fast in a, in a 
in a festival setting like that, you got to make sure that you have the least, the least amount of necessary equipment on stage as possible. So that meant no extra drum kit. We did not set up our in-air monitor system. We have a whole in-air monitor rig because it's just, it's just easier to hear that much of a wall of sound when it's directly in your ears as opposed to coming out of a wedge and having a really loud stage volume. Um, but uh, we didn't bring that because that requires, that's an extra, you know, 45 minutes of setup right there to plug everything into the front snake and then plug everything out of the front snake into their snake and then get, you know, make sure all of our radio frequencies to our ears are right. And it's, it's a whole mess. And, you know, and um, a lot of times Cliff, uh, our, I, we say he's our bass player, but he also does play guitars and he plays the foot pedals, the bass, bass pedal synthesizer. Um, so we had to have the bass pedal synthesizer on stage, but we made sure that, you know, what, uh, he has a lot of switches. He's got a fretless bass, he's got an electric bass, he's got a Rickenbacker, which sounds totally different than, you know, other basses that has a very unique sound. He's got a double neck that's got a bass guitar and a guitar on it. Um, you know, so he's got a lot of different axes that he switches in and out uh, during the show. And um, we were like, what, what can you, what can you get away with in this show? You know, um, what, take, as they say in Spaceballs, take only what you need to survive. Right. You know, uh, and then like our keyboard player, he has a personal mixer that he puts in so that he can hear all of his keyboards in stereo. Well, that's only necessary when we have the in-air monitor rig. Well, if we don't have the in-air monitor rig, he doesn't need the personal mixer. So that's, you know, 20 minutes of his setup that he doesn't have to do. So we really just, we, we just parsed down and created a set list that, you know, we can get our point across that we do a lot of different eras of Genesis without all of the extra bells and whistles because, you know, once we're done, the next band's coming on, we got to get our stuff off stage, you know? So, right. Um, so that just became, you know, that's why we did the show that way. Right. But I think, you know, even even so, I mean, we still got to, we still sold the idea that we did, we do the old stuff and the new stuff. I mean, we also did Land I Sound on Broadway, which we don't need two drum kits for. And we did I Know What I Like, which during a regular show, I will go back and play right. drums. Um, you know, on the end, when we do the, the stagnation tag at the end of I Know What I Like, a lot of times I'll go back and, and play double drums, but that makes the song longer right. as well because it becomes like a, a dual drum feature. So I don't have the second drum kit up there. We just get to the stagnation tag faster and we don't do it as many times and we get out of the, you know, we get and, out of the song. So you get the idea and then it's over. You know? And songs like Home by the Sea and I Know What I Like and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and the, the, Nobody Knew But Us. <laughs> That was, that, that was, you know, I can just imagine you fellas writing in, entering Saltville, and you see this big sign that says, Salt Capital of the Confederacy, and, and, and you kind of know. We did see that. And, and you, and you kind of know what you're heading for, and then, that's why I wanted to get a seat down front, because then you see this guy in a wheelchair, his wife, and, and, and his eight-year-old daughter that know every word to every song you're yeah, singing. Um, Was that? Oh, you guys were you guys were a treat right down there in Charlotte. Like, we looked out into the sea of people and was just like, okay, well, uh, these people seem like they're just waiting for the next step. Right. Like, there was some clapping. There was some clapping, but then there was also some 
you know, it looked like silent judging. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then right down there in front is you guys with your Genesis shirts on and, and your Phil Collins shirts and clapping and going crazy for every single song, man. It was yeah. Just, yeah, it was, that was good. We just kind of, we kind of focused in on you, you know, I kind of played the show to you guys and then everybody else vicariously got a good show because then we started enjoying ourselves. Exactly. Like, oh, there are Genesis fans in the audience. You can tell them, you know. Yeah. You can see who they are. And it was wild, too, to see a lot of them, you know, get out of those seats and dance when we did stuff like Easy Lover. Uh, you know, a whole, like, group of, you know, group of women over the one side got up and started yeah. dancing. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> because they saw us do it. And that was... Uh, yeah. Uh, but the best part of the night, the thrill of the night for everybody was when you got Bella up there to do, oh, for tonight, tonight. I know, man. And I, you know, and when that was over, I, I initially felt bad because she kind of ran back and started crying. I was like, oh, my God, did I, did I mess up? No, no, she was, <laughs> no, she was so thrilled that she got to do it. She just couldn't believe that she oh, was, yeah. On, yeah, that was. Yeah, no, she oh, was so thrilled. I, I, I should, I should set the scene for your listeners. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Josh and his family were down front, and uh, when we got you tonight, 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 uh, you know, tonight, 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 oh, we got to go, O's, and your daughter was having such a good time. I yeah. just came down to the front of the stage and just put the mic in her face, and she did it, and the whole audience went crazy. And perfectly on <laughs> key, I might add. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was, oh, it was very good. Yeah. I heard it come through the speakers and through the monitors. I was like, oh, yeah, she just nailed that. So not only did I get to make a, a, a moment for your daughter and have her singing the thing, but she actually sang it really good. She sounded <laughs> like it was part of the song. So it made everybody else happy. Yeah. Oh, that's... I like creating moments like that. Or, you know, that was a memorable moment from the show. It and doesn't really matter what, what all songs that we sang or or how we sounded or whatever, but people are going to remember the fact that he bent over and stuck the mic in the face of an eight-year-old girl. And well, she killed it. So life, even when it's going good, is very hard. And yeah. and that particular week had been very, very difficult for us. And then I knew that we had done the right thing because at the end of it, Emily turned to me and she said, those two hours made me forget everything we've gone through. And I said, yep, me too. So, so that, my friends, is what you have done for us in a nutshell. And we cannot thank you enough. Part of that song was the backup singing by this young lady right here. Yeah.